Welcome to another off-season episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and I am joined by my friend and co-host Alex. Like I said, 2023 New York Giants off-season is here, and our off-season content continues with some more draft preview. In today's episode, we're going to be ranking our top five interior linebackers, as well as giving you some New York Giants news. But first, let's bring in my co-host. Alex, my friend, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. We're inching closer to free agency. We're inching closer to the draft. Um, and this is kind of when the fun part of the offseason begins. All the coaching vacancies, uh, at least head coaching vacancies, are filled. Mike Kafka, Wink Martindale are back. Um, you know, as I kind of did a little, you know, input into the last episode, because of course it happened like right after we recorded or the, you know, the next morning. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm doing well. We got a few things to talk about with the Giants, few, you know, returning players, few coaching staff changes, and a few agent changes, or just one agent change as well. And then we're going to get into our linebackers preview for this draft. We'll go through our top five. Those, you know, this linebackers class, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the strongest. I wouldn't necessarily say it's the weakest, but I think it, it gives you a good mix of players, some high ceiling players, some high floor players and some guys that are kind of in between, a lot of them from interesting backgrounds um, in terms of where they started, some at QB uh, and some off the edge as well. So all really interesting, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, I guess first I'll send it back to you, Josh, uh, to start talking a little bit about what happened this past week with the Giants. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to say that happy President's Day to anyone who's listening on President's Day. I know um, I, I funnily, funnily, I don't even know if that's a word, funnily, uh, I... I you know, we were talking earlier and um, trying to be funny. I said it was like a fake holiday because I still do have class, um, you know, on Monday. However, we're off from, from high school. We do dual enrollment, so it's a little bit different. Uh, but I have college class tomorrow, but no high school class. And then congrats to all you people who are off for the entire week. We don't get that at either, uh, you know, college or high school. Uh, we do have school this week, unfortunately. Uh, but congrats to you, people, and uh, whoever is not off on Monday. I give you credit. Power through it. I know it's tough because technically it is a holiday, but some people are not off and they have to work, and it is what it is. So power through your day, and I hope that the Giant Take podcast helps get you through it uh, in the best way possible that we can do so. So what Alex sent me up to talk about, which was last week, the big signing. I call it a big signing because it is really nice to have this guy back for a lower price than we thought. Isaiah Hodgins has re-signed on an exclusive rights free agent deal. Only $870,000 to bring back the man Hodgins. I honestly thought he was going to be looking for more money. And the Giants were able to bring him back. And he dropped a sick highlight tape uh, of some of his plays with the team from last season on his Twitter page. Um, and super, super cool stuff there. Uh, I'm going to just run through this one other signing. I'll send it back to Alex and the Hodgins deal. The Giants also signed guard Jack Anderson. Not as important, not even close to as important as he's like our third or fourth string depth-wise at the center position. He was also set to become an exclusive rights free agent. Alex, I'll send it back to you now for your thoughts on Hodgins. Me, I'm as you could tell already, I'm super hyped that the Giants were able to bring him back and on a deal that really did not express that much money at all. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Hodgins deal, right, uh, he was the exclusive rights free agent, which means that the Giants, well, this is in the name, had exclusive rights to sign him. And on that deal, it's, you know, the standard 870k per year. Um, so, you know, I think it was a great move by the Giants to bring him back. And, um, you know, I assume he'll probably get a long-term extension if he obviously continues it the way he was playing last season. 
you know, even this offseason or potentially midseason or next offseason. So we'll have to wait and see about that. Jack Anderson, good to have back another body for camp, uh, and we'll see how he does there in the offseason. Uh, moving to some coaching staff adjustments here. Brian Dable, this is all very controversial. Everyone is furious, um, but it's really not that big deal. Back uh, ba- that big of a deal, excuse me. Um, he's added his son Christian to the Giants coaching staff as an offensive assistant. Christian has spent the past four years working as a student coach at Penn State, where he reviewed film. And at the Giants, he'll be doing similarly, reviewing and breaking down film, and also doing quality control work. So really a behind-the-scenes figure, not someone who's going to be play-calling, as some people seem to be thinking he is or making it out to be. He is not going to be in Dable's ear telling him, you know, when to use his timeouts. No, no, it's just some backroom kind of stuff here uh, with film and quality control. So I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I know there was a lot of shouts of, um, you know, nepotism and all that that were making some people very furious. You gotta love nepotism. I mean, it, it's it works ne- sometimes. Nepotism happens everywhere, and football <laughs> is no different. Um, and then Giants running back coach DeAndre Smith is actually leaving the Giants, the only coach, it seems, to leave. You know, knock on wood, obviously. Hopefully no one else leaves. Uh, and he's joining Shane Stations. Stations. I don't know how to say his name, um, the former OC of the Eagles, who is now the Colts head coach, on his staff so um you know smith will have to be replaced with another running back coach could it possibly be the assistant running backs coach on the giants possibly um but they could look to bring in a new fresh face from the outside and smith obviously you know i don't know how much but certainly contributed to saquon barkley's big bounce back year um so it'll definitely be sad to see him go um but hopefully dable and the rest of the staff um, can continue doing well with whoever they bring in. I honestly didn't even know the Giants had a new running backs coach. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, I still thought it was Burton Burns from the time he was on the team from about 2020 in the 2021 season with Joe Judge. So right now he's still unemployed. Uh, he's not with the team. So I'm interested to see if the Giants bring him back. Obviously Burns, uh, knowing Joe Judge, I, I assume from the Alabama time period of when he was there uh he was the running backs coach uh, burns was from 20 uh 2007 to 2017 and then with the giants with judge from 2020 to 2021 so i'm interested to see if they'll bring him back uh to the giants to fill that you know running back spot running back coach role uh, but it's not that huge of a deal unless i want to say the giants draft a running back because they already have a young guy there in what Deshaun corbin right alex and then uh, Saquon Barkley, he really knows what he's doing. He can help the young guys. But if we have a running back coach there, uh, you know, that's a veteran um, or that's someone like Burns who's kind of older, but he did play the position himself, I believe, at Alabama um, and also coached at high-level roles like there and like the Giants previously a few years ago. If we can bring him back, if we happen to draft or sign another unrestricted or undrafted free agent, I should say, guy, um, a running backs coach will be important. So I'll see, we'll see if Burns comes back, although Dable might not know him personally, so I don't know there. The final piece of news that we have Giants-related-wise before we go to linebackers is nothing really Giants-related. It has to do with Daniel Jones. It's Daniel Jones-related. The QB of the Giants, or we're hoping to be the QB, you know, future QB of the Giants, he's in the process of making an agent change with a new contract plus free agency on the horizon per Jordan Run-On sources of ESPN. He was being represented by CAA. He's expected to now be joining Athletes First, 
who their uh, this agency company has been really making a rise the past four or five years with getting prospects in. Um, Athletes First, I believe, was or is Aaron Rodgers's uh, free or uh, agency that represents him. I don't know if he started the company. I don't know if he's their top client. But I always hear athletes first and see athletes first, and I believe Aaron Rodgers is kind of their magnet. He's like their their top guy. So I don't know, again, if it was started by him or if he's just their top um, their their top client. But I, I do always factor that in. So it's not like Daniel Jones and Aaron Rodgers are going to become best friends. And obviously, I don't think they're going to be talking whatsoever in the last couple of days because Aaron Rodgers is in his uh, little self-isolation room I think currently I think he's I, I believe, out. I think he just got out. No, 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 no. I I think in? it started on Friday. Oh and my! It's uh, four days. I think. Hope that's. And going we're recording well for him. Sunday night. Uh, yeah, I hope it's going well for him. I don't know if you've been seeing the stuff when he goes on the Pat McAfee show, Alex, and talks about it, but it's very interesting. And honestly, I'm not like I know a lot of people come at Rogers for a bunch of his craziness. I'm not even at him for this one. It's a cool form of like meditation. I mean, if you think about it, holding your brain like that, sitting alone in silence it's a really good way to in test solitary your mind. confinement sounds like a load of fun no because you can leave at any time that's a, this is what he was saying so they have this is very interesting and i know we're getting off topic here but they have light switches in it's like it's literally like a normal house i believe just yeah, a little like bit a different because it's like think, a solid yeah. yeah it's a cabin so they have light switches there which is you know trying to test your mind to but like you can also the door is wide open like so you can leave at any time you can turn the lights on at any time um I don't know. I, I find it a very interesting form of meditation. It gets you out of the world for a couple of days. It gets you off your phone, you know, and electronics and clears your head, really. Um, so it's a big mental test, though. I mean, sitting in the dark for that long without people, it's really tough for your mind. Um, but anyway, so back to Daniel Jones. He's switching to athletes first. We'll see if that affects the contract at all. I, I don't think so. I think he'll come back the New York Giants team, just like we thought that about a month ago after uh, Shane and Dable's press conference. There. Anything else, Alex, before we move? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, some people are talking about, you know, could this be that he wants more money and his agents aren't doing a good enough job, or he wants to make a more team-friendly deal and the agents don't really want to do that. Who knows? We're not going to speculate, but those are some, you know, different ideas, I guess, people have been talking about there. So let's move to the 2023 interior linebacker NFL draft preview. Our top five guys, and I'd like to give a shout out first before we get started to Toa Toa from Alabama. As I think his first name is Henry Toa Toa. He did not crack our top five list, but he is the runner up there. If you go to top six, he's right there at number six for you, but we did not include him here. Just like in our last one, we gave a shout out on the wide receivers one. If you haven't already, check that out on YouTube or check that out on your podcast platforms. Do that. Uh, we did not include Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. He was the runner up there. So just like that, Toa Toa is a runner up here. Let's start out with number five. We got Noah Sewell, a 6'2", 253-pound Oregon junior. Um, let's go through his pros and his cons. Pros for uh, the linebacker, he's physical and he's strong. Not bad in pass protection against simple routes like a running back out of the backfield or I was here running like a shallow crosser type of route. He's effective. He's an effective pass rusher when lining up on the side if a five-man blitz occurs or something of that nature. Um, and then his cons. He does have trouble tackling in the open field. He frequently gets successfully blocked by running backs, offensive linemen, and wide receivers on uh, screen plays. And definitely keep that in mind because I think this is a 
domino, not a domino effect, but a repetition when it comes to these linebackers. A lot of them have trouble, whether it's with their feet or just in general, getting blocked. <laughs> these linebackers, basically these these top five guys, most of them do frequently get blocked by running backs and by you know offensive linemen and stuff like that. They have trouble getting to the backfield to either stop a, a running back on a run play because they get blocked by offensive linemen or getting to the quarterback if they're blitzing and they get blocked by a running back. So just keep that in mind. Um, so also another con... He loses his possession often on play action or motion plays. And I just had one more note here is that he had a better season in his junior year, but a bit of a drop off in his senior season, meaning that um, he I, he had, you know, mo- their stats at least. I believe he had over 100 tackles in his junior year. This year it was around like maybe 50 something. So it was, I mean, that stat specifically was a significant drop off besides that his play uh, on the field was still superb. And if you recognize the name Noah Sewell, I also like to point this out too. He's got some pretty good uh, family traits when it comes to the NFL. His brother, Panay Sewell, uh, was just drafted a couple couple seasons ago or last year at this point. There you go. He now plays for the Detroit Lions and one of the best um, offensive linemen in the NFL. He's getting up there. So uh, definitely a, a very good player. So Alex... I leave it to you now. Uh, he's got the renovated grading system. Don't worry for the wide receivers. It stays the same. But uh, he loves this formula that he's cooked up here. And no, it is not crystal meth for all of you Breaking Bad viewers that are <laughs> listening or watching. Uh, but he does have a formula of his own. So let's hear it, Alex. Yeah, so uh, we had um, kind of an issue uh, you know, last season and a little bit this season with the grading in terms of size. Um, certain people were undersized, you know, or they were, you know, really, really special athletes in terms of their measurables. So we added a category um, for size at the end, and it's based off of the RAS scores, relative athletic scores um, that are out there, and that kind of shows the different percentiles for, um, you know, arm length and height and weight, etc. So um, we use those numbers, put them in, you know, as a as a digit, I guess. Here, for example, for Sewell, we have him as an eight and a half, um, and that kind of gets added on to his score or contributes to his score obviously it's weighted less than something like tackling or athleticism or pass coverage but um just something to throw out there with the grades and before you do the grades josh i would say for sewell it does seem like before this season um he really was almost the consensus number one or two linebacker in this class and now you really don't see him on anyone's boards higher than three I think that's the highest I've seen him so certainly a big drop off for Sewell um, during this season um, but potentially a very good junior year tape uh, could help him rise up the boards a little bit higher than where we have him yeah so I said not a significant drop off in his play because I I, what I want to say here is that I think it was just because everyone was living up to the expectation of like doing like superb which is what he did his junior year. And when he was just okay to like that good level, that's not enough. We need more, right? It's kind of like a a consistency of, I don't know, let's give like a a NFL comparison, like TJ Watt, right? He just, didn't he just like break the sack record this year or something like that, right? Let's just say he doesn't, he has a season where he has a mediocre to above average amount of sacks in a season. Everyone's going to be like, TJ Watt, he dropped off. What's going on, right? No, it's just that he had a really, really good season, but maybe this one little statistic or, you know, his play overall wasn't as good to his standard. So I think what really happened with Sewell, he set a standard his junior year, and that standard that he set by himself, 
he wasn't able to meet it in a senior season. So I think as the NFL draft works, as scouts at as NFL scouts do their scouting, they're going to factor that in. But I don't want to discredit the guy. I still think he's a very good player. So I want to make sure that we keep that in our minds. Now, I didn't know how Alex does these grades by the grade point percentage of the total. And I should say the grade point. That determines the round that we believe they're projected to get drafted in. I did it wrong, I guess, with the wire series, but I said the round first, even though that's determined by the the the, the number. So I'm going to do that last then. So as athleticism, uh, we have here is a seven and a half. His instincts a five, pass coverage seven, tackling five, and a size eight and a half, which Alex said already, which totals to a six point four total score. And that is projected a third round pick for Noah Sewell and the number five linebacker, interior linebacker on our list. Josh is getting into all the mad science here. Um, Moving on now to number four, Um, we've got Jack Campbell, senior out of Iowa. He's 6'5", 246. Um, And he's really your guy who I think he's not going to be a guy, for example, that the Giants would look at super closely. Obviously, if the value is there, you definitely look at him. But he's more of a guy who could fit right in as a first-year starter. He has the highest floor, I think, out of any of these guys. On day one in the NFL, he is going to be the best. Um, He's definitely the most consistent. Uh, In terms of his play, he's got the highest floor, like I just said. He takes really good angles in pursuit uh, against outside runs, um, and he has really good eye discipline uh, You know when you know, runners are coming into his area. He can certainly read the quarterback's eyes. He doesn't get thrown off, um, and his instincts overall are very solid. Um, in terms of his cons now, he does have a habit of taking on blocks kind of square uh, and stopping his feet when he gets contact, and that usually occurs when he's trying to blitz up the middle. Um, and also when it comes to blitzing, he doesn't really have any moves as a pass rusher. He's just more of a full speed run guy and just hope he can get through. And then his athleticism is really his big con. Uh, he's really got subpar change of direction. He's not really quick. Um, and that could be obviously an issue in terms of blitzing, but also in terms of pass coverage, man coverage uh, against running backs and faster tight ends. Um, or if he you know ends up in zone against a possible, you know, quick wide receiver um so that is something that's going to be needed to take into account with this guy i think he's more of a guy who you're going to want in on more run heavy downs for sure uh, at the nfl level his junior and season senior seasons excuse me he had over 100 tackles two interceptions a sack and one forced fumble so solid consistent play uh, in both of those seasons now moving to his grades athleticism we have him as a five his main weakness Instincts a seven and a half, pass coverage a six, tackling seven, size nine, uh, and that totals out to a six point six, which correlates to a second round talent, um, and that's where we have uh, Jack Campbell from Iowa. A couple of things. Uh, so first of all, going back to Jack Campbell, I just wanted to say that uh, when it comes to his blitzing and like the he doesn't have many moves I mean a linebacker especially at the college level you're not really meant to have moves yeah you're not you're expected really, yeah you're not expected to have moves unless you're an edge rusher that's something you're gonna develop in the NFL uh, I'm sure also there could be some teams that he gets drafted by they run man they run mainly uh, zone coverage so he might not even have to blitz ever 
if you're in Wink Martindale's system, that's a little bit of a different story. We're going to want you to blitz. So I think Alex, like you were mentioning, since he's not really good at blitzing, it's not really someone the Giants might look at. We're going to want a good linebacker that can blitz. Uh, if you know, because since Wink Martindale's staying around, he didn't get his head coaching job that um, you know he wanted. So there there's that and then the other thing is with the wide receivers i talked about how we should do like kind of a takeaway where if you don't remember anything else we said in three minutes at least you take away this thing we said in 30 seconds so i want to do that for these two guys real quick we'll run it back and alex you let me know if you agree with me for noah sewell i think it's our top pro just like he's just a physical and strong guy i think that's the takeaway that everyone should have right yeah and then for and then for jack campbell i'd say high floor not the most athletic um you know best on day one is kind of what i'd his slogan should be, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely like the NFL-ready player, I think is what I would say for Jack Campbell already. Um, okay, so number three here, we have a little bit of an interesting, not interesting, but Deion Henley uh, is is there. What I want to say what's interesting is he's a sixth-year senior out of <laughs> Washington State. Now, this occurs in college football sometimes when players are very, you know, very interested in getting uh, their way into the NFL. Sometimes they're able to either redshirt freshman year or something like that if they're not able to play or just continue until they kind of find their way. And that's exactly what Henley did at 6'2", 232. He actually spent most of his years at Nevada, specifically from 2017 to 2021. Then he decided for my final college, college season, I would like to go to Washington State, which is where he really shined. He has the potential to be a, uh, an elite sideline-to-sideline backer. His open field tackling is very, very good. He only missed five out of his 97 tackle attempts this season, and his coverage skills is also a pro couple of cons is that he's slightly undersized at six foot two, uh, and he cannot win off the edge, will be limited to an inside blitzer. So th- there's another thing there, similar to Campbell, has trouble blitzing off the side, just like he did. Um, and that's what we have to say there. When it comes to his score, his athleticism is a seven, instincts, seven, pass coverage, seven, tackling, seven. Do you catch a... Uh, a theme there? Yes, thank you. That's the word I was going for. Uh, and then a size is a four, which I know is very low, but we had consistent sevens prior to that. Uh, and we did say being only 232 pounds for a linebacker, you're it's a little smaller than normal. So the overall score goes to a 6.7. I believe I've been seeing Henley mock to the Giants a little bit. So... With that being said, this might be a guy that the team looks to uh, looks to look at, I should say, or you know, looks to acquire in the draft. We'll have to wait and see. Projected second round pick. I don't think I mentioned that. Um, so I guess keep a look on Henley. Did he participate in the Senior Bowl? Yes, if he, I remember he was correctly, one of the Senior Bowl standouts. Yeah, I was gonna say if I remember correctly, we definitely did talk about him in that episode video, whatever it was. Uh, so. Yeah, I do definitely remember that name. So he's number three on our list. Yeah, just touching on Henley real quick. Obviously, he's a little bit on the older side. He is 23 years old already. Um, But I think overall, besides him being a little bit smaller um, than, you know, probably being ideal for a linebacker, um, I think he has kind of the potential to be a guy who can really be a huge playmaker all over the field. Um, and I think, you know, you see the 7777 for the grades everywhere. It's really because he's overall quite balanced as a player. Um, and I think he could be a really, really solid pick for a team who's willing to gamble on the fact that he's a couple years older than the rest of the class. But we'll have to wait and see with that. Moving on to our second uh, two or number two player, uh, he is Drew Sanders out of Arkansas, junior. 
232. Um, he is a really, really strong off-the-ball linebacker. Could possibly, you know, turn off some teams with that. He's not going to be your Mike linebacker, most likely. He can really blitz off the edge. He can blitz up the middle. Um, and he's really, really flexible uh, in the pass rushing game as well. Um, his cons, he doesn't really have much experience in coverage and man coverage specifically. Um, at Arkansas, they ma- they mainly played zone, um, and he was often asked to blitz on third downs. And also another con is he's he very much struggles in the run game. Uh, he can really get, he kind of gets pushed around and is unable to find much success there. Um, moving on to his grades, I guess here, athleticism he is a six, instincts seven and a half, pass coverage six, tackling seven, size eight. And that averages out to a 6.8 out of 10, which correlates to a second round grade. I think Sanders, you know, I guess I'll do a quick takeaway for him here. I think he's a guy who's going to be more of a gadget situational linebacker rather than an every down Mike linebacker. And I think that's the main thing to remember. Did we do one for Henley? I, th- we, I think I think we did. I, I don't remember now. Don't worry about it. Well, for Henley, I'll just, I'll just say it again here. I think he's a guy who can be all over the place. He's going to be that guy who you, you know, he's there, whether on the left side of the field, right side of the field, down the field, he's there. Beautiful, beautiful. And then the only thing I have for Sanders, Alex, is that he is kind of just one of those, one of those players that you should note is, has that only, not only, but he has that one superstar season. Uh, He did play in 2021, but he only had 24 tackles compared to 2022, where he had 100 plus tackles, nine and a half sacks, three forced fumble, an interception, and five pass deflections. So it was a really boom year this year. And no, it wasn't in our cons, like only one year of production, because that's most of these college stars, but just definitely something to note as a viewer and as someone who's following the draft here that our number two guy, Sanders, had one really big year. Um, okay, number one here, this consensus number one guy. It really seems like everywhere you look, that's his name. That's up there at the number one interior linebacker spot. It's Trenton Simpson, six foot three, two hundred forty pounds, junior from Clemson. Quick, 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 quick. That's the takeaway I'm saying in the beginning. Maybe I'll mention in the end if I remember. Uh, he's able to keep up with wide receivers and pass coverage, which is a really big deal at the linebacker spot. He thrives getting past running backs or blockers on bla- uh, on blitz packages, I should say. And this is good to note, it is a main part of Wing Marndale's defensive system. Not saying the Giants are drafting him or anything, but I did want to add that in there too. He's got huge upside. So, that's his pros. On to his cons. He's over-aggressive on run plays, which sometimes leads to linebackers getting juked out, or leads to him, the linebacker, getting juked out and missing tackles. He's also sort of small at the linebacker position. He also he, he could get manhandled in the NFL by a few players. There is a fix to that, luckily, though. It's by gaining weight. Uh, in the gym, I'm sure he's going to be hitting it all offseason, getting ready for training camp, bulking up. And that's a thing that a lot of these college prospects will do. So make sure to keep... Um, I, when we say undersize, there's, there, it, it depends on what you're looking at. If you're looking at the height, there's not really much a person could do at that. You know, They can't grow higher. They can't just be like, I want to gain three inches, right? I mean, some of but, these guys do grow, by the way. They do get a, yeah. they do gain an inch or two. And obviously, yeah. all these measurables, right, the size you know, that Josh is going to talk about now and in the rankings or whatever, those are going to adjust, right? But this is pre-combine. We're going to get all the measurements again at the combine. 
Um, so that'll be helpful as well. Maybe one guy's actually 6'4 and 245 instead True. of 6'3 and 240, for example. Yeah, I mean, all these numbers are jumbled depending on what site you look at. So, yeah, like, exactly. where I'm looking at ESPN, that's how I'm getting these. You know, if you look at something like PFF or CBS Sports, it's a complete different marker. And it's not something super off, but maybe it's like an inch off and six pounds lighter or whatever. So, just keep that in mind. But what I meant to say was undersized. If their their height is being undersized, then kind of it is what it is there. But if it's their weight, that's something that really all college players work with in the offseason into the NFL after they get drafted is getting bigger. And that's something NFL players do throughout their entire career. So don't take it as a huge comment where like, this guy's undersized. They're not big enough. They can gain weight. That's like an easy thing for football players to do. That's what they've done all their lives up to this point. Go ahead, Alex. What I would say is it's it's for certain players, right? For example, Devontae Smith yeah. a few years ago, right? He was like 30, 40 pounds underweight, it felt like, you know, undersized. I, I don't want to say underweight, undersized um, for the NFL. So that's a concern. But for a guy like Simpson, right, he's 240. You'd probably want to see him get in the 250 range. I think that's a little bit different. That's something that's more manageable. Okay, so let's go to his... Uh, his um, Oh my gosh, his grade now. Athleticism, eight. Instincts, a six and a half. Pass coverage, a seven and a half. Tackling, a seven. And size, a seven. Overall, goes to a 7.2 for our number one uh, interior linebacker. And a late first round pick is what we have projected there. The final takeaway, so I mentioned it one more time. Quick. Because he's quick, he's able to tackle quickly as long as he's not over aggressive. And especially keep up with wide receivers and tight ends in pass coverage, which is something you really want your linebacker to be able to do. Uh, and that is why, you know, part of the reason why he is our number one linebacker. All right, so that's going to do it for our linebackers preview. Uh, Alex, I guess any any final takeaways after we've done all of those takeaways and all of that stuff, but... Yeah, I mean, just a quick thing. I'd say it's a really interesting class. You got, like, the five guys we've talked about are all vastly different players from each other, not, you know... Not one of them is similar to each other, um, you know, in in more than one way, really. So I think this is an interesting class, and it's going to be a, a class that I think is going to be jumbled up, like who gets taken first, um, you know, who gets taken fifth. I think this list could, for example, go completely upside down. Noah Sewell, maybe a team really loved his junior year tape. They want to take him as the first linebacker off the board. And, you know, Trenton Simpson, there's just not really enough there. Maybe he's a little bit too raw right now. For someone to consider so who knows um, but this is where we have them obviously at this moment but I think this is going to be a class that's important how they perform at the combine some of their measurables 40 yard dash three cone etc so uh, excited to see all these guys at the combine and hopefully that just you know helps give us more information to use uh, in these scouting reports obviously and you know in our in our grades yeah and I mean even a guy like our honorable mention Toa Toa because of his experience at a school like Alabama, some people could look at him and be like, hey, listen, this guy's got experience. He's played for a very good team under very good coaches with very good players. Let's bump him up our rankings. And just because of that, you know, where he went to school and all the coaches that are associated with NFL teams and give them advice and all of that, he could bounce off the list and or bounce up the list, I should say, and, and goes into top five or even top threes on people's just because of where he attended college. So... You never know. We'll have to wait and see. But that is our rankings, and that is really going to do it for most of our episode here. So we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Giant Take Podcast, where you can support us well, wherever you're listening right now, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, a bunch of other places to find the uh, podcast on shipitstudios.com slash thegiantake. 
Our social media channels include Twitter and TikTok at the Giant Take Pod, Instagram and Facebook at the Giant Take Podcast. Alex on Twitter at anorian23. I'm on Twitter at joshua29, and I'm going to send it to my co-host to wrap this one up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast, and we'll see you all next time uh, talking more draft, more free agency, and more New York Giants offseason. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.